1: You know the show you listen to Rail of Sports On the Voice of America Network I'm in Phoenix Living like it matters uh, What matters to me What's up next March Madness As you're all aware Of the fact that Of course uh, It's a little uh, This week is a, There's a little Less amount of Activities That is going on Because The National Football League Is is of course On vacation And the NBA Is on vacation In case you uh, You missed it Like I did <laughs> The The uh, it was Valentine's Day, really, and so uh, I kind of took a break, and uh, myself, and uh, so I missed the NBA All-Star game, but but I, I saw some clips, I saw some highlights, but March Madness is, is what's next, and it's another real sensitive thing for me, because of course there's going to be millions and billions made, and those young men will get absolutely none of that money. So we'll talk about that and a few other things. But uh, let me go to the All-Star Games, if you will. I I think that, you know, a lot of people have said this for years. I'm certainly not the first one to ever say this, is that money changes people and money changes things. And there are two things in particular that I've noticed uh, that money has changed when it comes to All-Star Games. Money has changed the Pro Bowl. Money has changed the NBA All Star Game because more and more you see athletes that are participating in these games that have no interest whatsoever of risking injury at all, and then you see other athletes who have no desire whatsoever to make a play, and and the results of the play could injure somebody else. They they don't even consider making those plays anymore. Uh, one thing about baseball and their all-star game, you know, there's a little incentive there because I think it determines who has home field advantage in the World Series. But baseball is, is even one of those games where, you know, again, it's just like it's the activities of maybe the home run derby for the um, for the NBA all-star game. Of course, it's a, a slam dunk contest, which for the first time in a very long time, it was, you know, worth watching. But it's, it's really interesting that money and it's all about the money. And I, I'm not upset with the players at all. In fact, I, I really do believe that these All Star games, basically, if you make the Pro Bowl, if you make the NBA All Star team, I really believe that you simply should be acknowledged for making it, uh, get whatever bonuses you're, you know, associated with you making it, uh, should be paid to you. And I, I really don't think that they're, they're meaningless games that all you can do is risk your career. And in, in getting injured. So I don't think the players, I mean, in my generation, players, no, I mean, you had to basically, you had to force somebody not to participate in the Pro Bowl. If you got voted to the Pro Bowl, oh, which I never did, I'm not going to make any excuses. Uh, it's, it's one of those things on my bucket list that I'm pissed off that I didn't make. Um, but I do have a little story about this. Nobody knows the story, so I'll share with you guys here on the air. My first year in Cleveland, uh, 1986, I'm celebrating 30 years, woo, 30 years, and um, it was the end of the season, and of course I missed, I think I have missed the first game of the season because I was released, cut fired by that man Buddy Ryan in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the Philadelphia Eagles, so I was uh, free to do, you know, and choose whatever team that was interested in me. Uh, it just so happened that i was I was blessed there were a few teams that were interested, and uh with that being the case um, I went to visit a couple teams, the Indianapolis Colts for one, the Miami Dolphins for two, the Cleveland Browns for three and um interesting enough, when I went to uh, uh indianapolis it was it, it was an interesting visit i mean it was very very it, it got intense and it came to the negotiations. I wanted a little bit more money, they didn't really want to give me more money, uh, they offered to give me a Tekka jersey out of retirement, allow me to wear that, and I'm like, no, I want some money, <laughs> and so uh, I remember Coach uh, uh, Coach Hill and I, Coach Hill was the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts at that time, who was a former Ohio State Buckeye uh, defensive coordinator when I was in school. He was also the linebacker coach when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He now was a coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he and I had dinner that night. And uh, and I was, he, he was aware that I wasn't too happy with the fact that they didn't want to pay that little extra money. And believe me, it was, it was hardly anything. Uh, um, but I'll share the numbers because it was relevant. There's 25 additional thousand dollars that I wanted. And um, I mean, they actually put me in a room, closed the door, I couldn't get out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they wanted me to sit here and think about it. They said, "Hey, well, you know, number twenty-four is retired. We'll bring it, take it down, give it to you. You can wear it." And I'm like, "Well, I need this extra twenty-five thousand dollars to make myself whole." It wouldn't budge. Coach Hill was very upset. Of course, uh, that night when we had dinner, I left and and went home and uh, continued on with my my traveling of. Uh, visiting teams went to see the Miami Dolphins. Coach Shula didn't understand why any team would offer any player a contract and that player not take it. Uh, I respected his opinion, similar to what happened to me going to that school up north. And Bo Shemberger had a comment similar to uh, that, well, just his advice to a player. Two times in my life, I take, I did not take advice from great coaches uh, because I felt that there were things that were better suited for me, and. And I stood my ground and, and they worked out better. So, um, of course, Coach Shula and so I end up in uh in Cleveland of course and, and go up in Cleveland and uh and get what I was looking for, you know. Uh, so I'm happy about that. I got what I was looking for. Uh players, stand up for yourself. There's times where you may want something, coach may not think uh he may have a different opinion. You do it in a respectful way and uh and stand up for yourself. So anyway, okay, I got into that, got all off of where I wanted to go. So let me just get back to the March Madness. March Madness. <laughs> right now, I believe Villanova's at the top. I mean, I couldn't believe the other day, you know, they were talking about rivalries. And and I believe Duke and North Carolina was going to play. And I think, I think North Carolina's like number four. And they didn't even have a ranking up for Duke. And I'm like, oh, when is the last time that Duke and North Carolina played? And neither one of the teams were ranked in the top 25. Well, they corrected that today, and I see that um, Duke is number 20, and North Carolina is number four. But um, preseason, and I forgot. I, I gotta I have to go back and look. But I'm not sure that Villanova was expected, you know, to be in this position that they are now. Always had good pro, good solid programs. Of course, you know, back in the 80s, they you know upset uh, Georgetown uh but i'm not sure they were predicted now, of course, you expect them to you know to make it and, and to be in a tournament and, and uh, you know even their, I'm sure that their goals each year is to make the final four for sure, and ultimately to win the national championship, but march madness <laughs> and these kids you know all all that money that they bring in it, it's kind of hard to to get your eye off the money when that's what it's all about for college sports. you can say what you want to say. It really bothers me when educators try to teach young people about business and then go take a complete 180, you know, when it comes to them and the application of business when it comes to sports in college. And, and, and how can a court continue to um, massage the definition of amateurs? I mean, either, either you're an amateur or you're not, and it should be consistent across the board certainly amateurs should not be under the tutelage of people that are making millions of dollars and they are making absolutely zero that's that is ridiculous that's slave wait, that's just that's a, it's just slavery you you just you have them working you're making millions of dollars and you're paying them absolutely nothing well i'll tell you what i i'm just not going to to go for that i'm going to continue to argue about that i'm I, i'm one of those people And I read this earlier today, uh, just doing some research. I I guess Tom Brady has a a damn good agent who represents him. I'm sure many of you would think that. Uh, He also happens to be one of those people that does not think that. And he he, he called it like it is. You know, young black athletes in basketball and football uh, are being taken advantage of. And they need to stand up and stand firm. And changes need to be made different than you guys know about my situation with the Ed O'Bannon case. We did the best we could. I'm not done. I use this platform and every other one that I have to continue to fight for people in the future. And the future is now to get that system changed. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a break, as I normally do. We're going to come back. We have a caller on with us, so you come back. Caller will be here. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports.
1: America Sports.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: As you know the show, you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Of course... You know, what matters to me is what's up next, and what is up next is March Madness. And I think what I'm going to do, uh, because I, I it really, you have to understand how passionate I am about this. Um, I am in no way um, satisfied with with the efforts of which um, we displayed. Uh, we being, I'm a member of the Ed O'Bannon uh, team of, of athletes that uh, sued A. Uh I would say we came out victoriously. Uh, There are some things that were changed, modified, I would prefer to say than changed, modified, but there's some things need to be changed. And so I think what I'm going to do is the entire month of March, since it's March Madness, I'm mad as hell about the fact that these young men are not going to be uh, compensated um, with this extraordinary amount of money they're about to generate. Uh, So I think I'm going to dedicate every show in the month of March to just that. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to shut up about it. So I believe I got a caller on me uh, on the line waiting on me, who probably wants to, as I see, uh, continue our conversation about Peyton Manning. So I'm going to allow that person to join us, and I believe it's Bert. Bert, are you there?
2: I am. How you doing, man? Good. How are you, sir? Well, I can't complain. It's a great day here in Charlotte. It's about 50 degrees and loving it.
1: Well, I I can tell you this, Uh, I think we got you beat a little bit here in Phoenix, but uh, there's some other people uh, in the country that's mad at you and I, so (laughs) let's not... uh, Okay,
2: well, you know, but I'll holler at you in the middle of July. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, that's good, you know, you, you understand
1: that they do say... Some like it hot, so you know I, I don't mind. I don't mind the heat. Uh, you know, if it's too hot, you got to get out the kitchen. But uh, but it's good for me. But but listen, okay. Obviously, in Carolina, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, the masses of people there have recovered very devastating loss. Uh, but there are some lingering things that, of course, you and a few other people uh, have to say about Peyton Manning. So I, I'm interested in, in, in hearing uh, what you have to say uh, about Peyton Manning.
2: Well, um, let's use Peyton Manning as, um, look at Peyton Manning through the lens of how America looks at Cam Newton. Mm, Interesting. Okay. (laughs) You know, I think it was a couple of Super Bowls ago where uh, Peyton faced off against Drew Brees in um, in the Super Bowl.
1: Yes, okay. I believe yes, I believe that Super Bowl was in Miami maybe. I th- I think it was. Yes.
2: Mhm. And if I recall correctly, um at the end of the game, after being defeated by the Saints and, and Drew Brees, uh Peyton never bothered to congratulate Drew Brees and he was never called, you know, or checked on his um on his unsportsmanlike behavior. And it's just it it blows me away when you compare the treatment that Peyton Peyton has received versus the type of treatment that Cam has received for being upset about losing. Now, Peyton didn't, I mean, uh, Cam certainly didn't storm off the field and not, you know, shake hands with Peyton as Peyton did with Drew Brees. Yet, somehow or another, Peyton walked away totally unscathed, even after all of the, the, um, inarticulate plugs for Papa John's and Budweiser. No one checked him on that. And then I thought it was very interesting how there's a writer out of, um, for the Daily News, who has been uh, doing expose on on some lawsuits that have popped up all going back to Peyton's time at uh, the University of Tennessee. And, you know, this Squeaky clean boy from, you know, all-American kid from next door and all shucks Peyton Manning was involved in a rather nasty um, sexual, um, I guess, accusation at the University of Tennessee that was just very carefully swept under the rug. And no one has ever, like, really called out Peyton Manning on that. I'm not going to even go into the Papa John's thing, but I, I just thought that, I just wanted to throw that out and get some of your perspective on that.
1: Well, you know, um, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up, because of course, I, you know, just like you, have uh, been reading and, and listening to uh, those comments of, of, of people, and, and there has been um, somewhat of a little favoritism when it comes Peyton's uh, when it comes to Peyton when it, Pertains particularly to how he handled that loss, I believe if i 'm not mistaken, I think that was almost like a walk off interception he threw too uh, at the end of the game that kind of frustrated him um, you know as the game was winding down but But I do recall. That I do not recall there being much conversation about the way he handled himself in defeat. I do believe, because I, I remember, you know, vaguely that he did show up at the press conferences. And of course, uh, I think perhaps maybe he might have been a little bit more, let, let's say, professional in the way that he responded to the media. Um, after losing, you know, such such, uh, you know, an important game to him in his career, uh, and and I think it was, and I don't know if it was shortly after or shortly before. Obviously, his brother had won either his first or second, you know, so that competition obviously was there. So I, I'm going to certainly agree with you about the the, the comments, and and particularly uh, those negative comments, uh, and and how Cam was criticized about the way that he handled himself. I think that was somewhat unfair compared to why did the same standard uh was it not uh, expected to be held up by Peyton Manning. I agree with you. Peyton was the elder statesman even then cuz Cam I don't know if he was in the league at that time if he was probably was a rookie. Um you know and then to to fast forward and you know to today, you know, and and Cam still getting um some you know feedback from a negative perspective about how, again, he uh, was not handling it. But I would just want to ask, I, I, I understand that you're from the Carolina, you know, could this be a little player-hating that's going on down there, <laughs> you know, with, uh, with, with, uh, with Peyton Manning? Uh, because I, I, I just believe the other thing, it seems like there's been an attempt to to drill down and to try to find some dirt on Peyton. If Peyton lost, would have lost, with the same people be trying to dig down and find some dirt to bring it up and have it be a part of the conversation if he would have lost the game. That's the only thing I understand, the comparison of how the two was treated based upon their responses after the game. I get that. But to dig down into his personal life and to see that he's treated differently At this point in junction in his career, I think that's a bit much. But so I'm going to throw it back to you, Bergen. And what do you think about that?
2: Well, forget about the play. It ain't no play hating. What it really is, let me let, let me stop dancing around it. Is here's the real deal from my perspective. I think sports, in in many many ways, reflects what goes on in our society. As it's a reflection. And when you really begin to unpack these things that we see happening, you know, on a football field or a basketball court, you know, you often have to say, like, damn, why all the inequity? You know, why the double standards? And the truth be told, we already know why. I know
1: this is not a political show. Oh, no, no. This is this is a show. So we can, if, it's, if it happens to be political, because you know this, uh, Bert, if you've listened to my show in the past, uh, there's not too many things that I'm going to shy away from. And certainly due to the fact one of my all-time heroes is Muhammad Ali. And that man used his platform of sports to stand up for injustice of all people. He happened to be an African-American, but... He had that was done for all people. And particularly, his, he happened to be of, of the faith, of, of the Muslim faith. So he, he also stood up for his religious beliefs.
2: Wait, wait did you see, did you see uh, Saturday Night Live?
1: No, I understand there was a little spoof going on. Was that, uh, did they spoof, who, they, who was it about? I heard a little bit, I missed it. No, I did they, not.
2: They spoofed, uh, it was Cam. a reaction to the backlash of uh, Beyonce.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And how all of a sudden, you know. America realized that Beyonce was black. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> well, let me let me just say what I what I've heard about the Beyonce piece
2: on the football field.
1: Yeah, and what I what I've heard about the Beyonce piece is I, I just, I've always taken this position. I'm not one of those guys that going, to you know, like I have, I have white friends. I have black friends. I'm not one of those guys where my white friends are going to say, oh, I'm not prejudiced. I have a black friend, raise my black friend or, or Ray and I and a couple other raised friends and I, nor am I the the, the black man who's going to say, oh, I'm not prejudiced. You know, I have white friends, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of individual as I'm going to be, I think, as you started to say earlier on, you're going to call it what it is and and I think the problem, and I think I had, I've I breached on this a little bit on the last show that you might have been on, Bert, called in on, is that, you know, Cam brought the elephant in the room of race that no, everybody wanted to tiptoe around. But he brought it in there. And, and he put it out there, and, and, okay, let's talk about it. Because the problem is, is when you don't communicate, then these lingering problems, they show back up. You know, we got. I think there's some of the people that may be young, too young, um, to know uh, about Rodney King. You, you know, these things that we're seeing now, they shouldn't surprise us because I think Rodney King was the first time that there was actually video that was actually captured to see the injustice, and this and these were police that got a chance to walk away. Thank God they didn't kill him. But fast forward to 2014 and, and 13 and 12 and they're now killing black men and women and recording it and still walking away. Those are things, and I, and I and if anybody, I don't care, black, white, green, blue, Chinese, whatever, if you're killing somebody and you're wrong, all the wrath of justice should be brought to you. And that's why I don't mind having these kind of conversations because God forbid, if it were me, if I were guilty, I'd probably want mercy from the court. But, If I'm guilty, I'm guilty. If it's my brother, my sister, whoever it is, you know the law is a law. If you break, you know the most of us know the consequences of the law, and so that's all we want. We want the law to be blind as it's supposed to be. That lady of justice has a thing around her eyes; she's blind. Justice for all, and that's all I think you're asking for. Certainly for the people you advocate for. And, and which I, I I I don't know, you know, you know, it could be black, white, green, purple, because you haven't told me. But it, I'm going to assume it's African-American because you made a couple of comments to make me think that that things right. are not right. And that's you're just speaking up for what's right. So, no, this we, we, we're we not going to shy away from that on this show. Not at all, okay. Bert. First
2: of all, Ray, you know that I'm ethnically identifiable by my phone voice. <laughs>
1: It, uh, uh, okay, you got a little Barry White in you, brother. I'll give you that. I'm a little Barry White there, so go ahead.
2: <laughs> but the bottom line is that, um, you know, uh, I'm not mad at Peyton. I congratulate Peyton on his, on the wit And, well, I mean, hey, I ain't mad at him.
1: Okay, well, let me ask you this, because we got about a, a, a minute before we go to break. Um, certainly... You know, I, I probably could understand some of the things that you say, and I'm, I'm, I probably, if you listen to shows, I've probably said some of the same things in, in the past. But do you think that's a little bit unfair for them to dig down? I mean, what, what was the purpose of, you know, recycling some old news to talk about Peyton off the field? I, I don't I really get what that purpose was oh, all about. Well, let
2: me, let me sh- because it's not like somebody went digging for the stuff. What happened was that there was a female um, trainer a she had this woman had a PhD in whatever the field is for athletic trainers okay and you know and she's got a lawsuit out there and so reporters as they do, they start going through stuff and they see different names that pop up and Peyton's was one of the names that was in the lawsuit, and it's just, I mean, the timing was, you know, it is what it is. And so, when they started going through this stuff recently, and they were like, oh, wait a minute, this happened? And, and so, it's not really like a witch hunt for, for Peyton, but you know, that's, what, that's part of what reporters
1: do. Well, Bert, didn't, if I'm not mistaken, didn't that happen when he was at the University of Tennessee?
2: Yes, and the lawsuit is current.
1: Okay, but, but, but if it happened when he was at the University of Tennessee, there is such a thing as a statute of limitations. This is a man who's been in the league. For, he's almost 40 years old.
2: Oh, well, they're not really charging him with any type of crime. They're merely, merely pointing out that Peyton, Peyton's involvement in this was very conveniently swept under the rug which is part of the basis for the lawsuit against the University of Tennessee.
1: But it it was but it was Peyton who supposedly allegedly uh you know either his genital area or something you know was pushed up against the lady and which was obviously inappropriate and and there was somebody else who witnessed it uh, you know and again I could get my facts mixed up but you get the gist of what I think it was that happened but again this happened 30 some years ago my understanding statute of limitations is it's it's seven years or until you find out you were you know legally somebody did brought some injustice onto you if you don't know and then somebody tells you oh by the way do you know that what you did you were a victim of x y and z and you didn't know that no okay well you just found out today even though it happened 10 years ago you may be able to go and, and be at the mercy of the court but other than that I think it's a seven year statute of limitations and I'm they're well over that. But I tell you what, let, let this you and I kinda, you know, think about that a little bit. We're gonna take a break oh and then we're gonna God. come back and, and I wanna have some more discussion about this because again I think why? The timing of why. If you're researching on Peyton Manning, the history of Peyton Manning, okay. But why now? You listen well, to Rayola Sports on the Vo- no, we're gonna take my. this break and we're gonna come right back, but Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a madness. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: All right, you hear the music, you know the show. listen the rail of sports on the Voice America Network in Phoenix and living like it matters. What matters to me is what's up next March madness. I think I've shared with you already that I plan to uh take the opportunity for every show that I do in the month of March to focus on the injustice. I happen to be mad as hell and I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to continue to talk about the injustice that is that is served upon those young men uh at the NC2A Division 1 level in basketball and football. And uh, they're taking that platform to uh, monetize it and to keep all the money and continue to give coaches, you know, they got to spend the money. So give coaches salaries that are ridiculous. I'm upset that educated people want to continue to try to change the, the definition of a word that's already been established as amateurism. And the players are, you know, who determines you an amateur? If somebody wants to pay you, why can't you make your money? But uh we'll get it all together. But uh what I wanna get back to, of course I got a, a great caller on. And I always enjoy when he calls in. Uh Bert's on the line and uh, Bert I'm gonna say this. Uh quarterback, i tell you, I'd be one of the first one of I would step up, I'd be shouting, That's some BS. See? You know, why why when a brother win uh, the Super Bowl, they gotta, you know, try to dig some dirt up on him. So uh Maybe Peyton's feeling like what it's like maybe to be a black quarterback right now. You know, he man, they going because they, they're going they're going after him for whatever reason.
2: Well, you know, here here's the deal. You know, uh, when you show up on the radar, for some you become a shining star, for others you become a target, and that just goes with the territory. And um, you know, Peyton's star has shown so very brightly over so many years and um, you know and the moment that you know somebody brings up something that is not you know in the script for Peyton's you know pristine polished image public uh, image well you know like oh now they're a hater no they're not really a hater it's what happens I mean I mean, we could go through all kinds of examples, but all I can tell you is that, very simply, when you show up on the radar, you become a target for some, and for others, you're a star. But, um, you know, Peyton is out there. And then we don't even want to get into the whole Al Jazeera report, (laughs) do we? We don't want to go there, do we?
1: That Al Jazeera is in bankruptcy. So I I don't know how we're gonna get access to all that information uh unless they show up in the bankruptcy court. Uh but but certainly let, let me let me say this to you. Um I certainly agree with you on a lot of fronts of what you addressed there. Uh it's one of those things that yes, once you have that star on your back, it is shining. And and, and so therefore you basically it's a target. And I I know recently, just most recently, I believe at the Super Bowl, the NFL uh, just prior to that had had announced that uh, uh, when they now do these background checks and and they find some baggage that consists of when they open up that trunk. If there's some domestic violence in there or or some felony stuff in there, uh, I believe it eliminates you from the possibility of being drafted. I don't know if they're going to totally just disregard you and even consider you as a person that could be signed as a free agent to a roster. But, uh, you're not going to get that stage and that recognition of being drafted by an NFL team. So, um, it's, it's one of those things where I think they're now understanding, uh, that this is a somewhat of a smear on their brand. And, and it, and it, it, it keeps every chink. You know, when it drops, it's it's a little money dropping down. You know, I can't say that the teams are being, um, it's affecting the value of the brand, the demand for the brand. It's like if there's anything out there that I could say today that is uh, recession-proof in terms of the demand for it, you know, down, nobody's watching it. It's got to be, NFL football and NBA basketball, baseball. I think baseball's down a little bit. You know, at least you know there was a period of time. But I think football and basketball is at an all-time high. I think it's it's uh, it's going to continue to do nothing but grow with with the, again the global platforms. So I, I think it's one of those things where the man in charge. The forty-one million dollar man, I think, 41 forty-one or thirty-one million dollars. It just came out. Rogers filed his taxes, and for two thousand fourteen, it was either I think it was thirty-one million dollars. So the thirty-one million dollar man, uh, I think he's doing the best he can to protect that brand, and uh, I, that's the reason why I believe, because of the Altidore story that you're talking about, as well. I think Peyton is going to retire because I don't think Peyton wants to deal with all the other stuff at 40 years old, you know, coming back to try to be a quarterback to win another Super Bowl because otherwise, would, you wouldn't want your story to end. It couldn't end any better than that unless it was back-to-back Super Bowls. And I'm sorry, when's the last time any team has won a back-to-back Super Bowl? They, it has, God only knows because I don't remember when it was. So the chances of him winning a Super Bowl again next year, I'd say zero. So why well, come back?
2: You, you do know that um, that, um Ashley Manning, Peyton's wife. It was confirmed that she did receive the HGH shipments from the clinic in question. And had you heard
1: that update? Well, um, I believe I scanned something, and it takes us back to the. Uh, I think it's Rodriguez. Didn't didn't Alex do the same thing? Was his did, was his wife the recipient of his his stuff as well? It, it, it was something I read. One of the other. It was. I think it may have been a baseball player somebody else there again their wife received it now again Got, we've got to make sure this is a credible source. I, I didn't hear it on the big boy shows today. I, it was something I saw on the Internet, and you know they say if it's on the Internet, it's true, right? <laughs> well, we know that's not always the case. So, oh. ag- again, which I don't know which site you saw it on, but I'm going to take your word for it. I, I can't definitively say that I, I saw it I thought I saw something, Then I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't have all the information, so I can't speak to that. So why don't you go ahead and speak to that a little bit further?
2: Oh, no, uh, well, no, listen. I mean, because I'm not here to... Um, the hate on Peyton Manning. Again, my purpose for, for bringing it up was just as, like, on one hand, we've got the adulation of, of America on, on Peyton Manning. And then, <laughs> you know, the NFL's brightest upcoming star is just being skewered, you know, because he's enthusiastic about winning. He enjoys what he does. I mean, I couldn't think of a better role model for kids than Cam Newton. This guy is smart. He's articulate. He's good looking. He, <laughs> I mean, and he's a nice guy. By all by all accounts, he's a nice guy. What more can you want from a from from a quarterback?
1: Well, I, I'm going to agree with you as to you know what we would like to be in terms of a role model, and I just say role model as example of somebody playing that position, because again, I, I'm one of those people that I believe that, you know, that the role that an athlete plays is to show your children, if you have children, or friends, if you have friends that are interested in playing football, how to do that. All those other things, I do not believe that they have an obligation to be the, the, the lead example as to how one should conduct themselves off the field. Everybody's human. So, you know, whatever you do, to whatever degree you do it, that's on you. But when, when, if I want to learn how to play, you know, because I wasn't really upset with, and I, people who listen to the show know, I wasn't upset with Charles Barkley when he said he's not, he's not a role model. Well, I didn't want Charles to be my son. I, I know Charles. I do not want Charles to be my son's role model as the development of him as a human being because I didn't know Charles like that. So I I didn't know that, but I I knew Charles is a basketball player. You know, I've seen him. You know, we're friendly if I see him. Hey, what's up? You know, that kind of thing. But we weren't spending time at each other's houses. We we weren't, you know, our kids weren't spending the night over each other's house. So it wasn't, I didn't have a relationship like that with him. So what I knew of Charles is that if I wanted my son to be a power forward, man, let me see if I can get Chuck on the line and you can spend some time with him because he's going to show you how to do that. And so, There are some of those who will embrace the role model. And again, it's one of those things, you know, again, the black athletes are supposed to be role models. Not necessarily, Peyton don't have to do that, you know. But I think that Cam, what he has displayed in terms of the type of human being he is, and him willing to share that. I mean, I'm born and raised in Canton, Ohio. Everybody who listens to this show knows that. I, I, before... Uh, me and Joe Green made that commercial. I felt like I was in that commercial as I would stand outside the gates, because I couldn't afford to pay for a ticket to get into the Hall of Fame game, and I would be hanging on that, on that fence, on that barbed wire fence, and looking at those players and just admiring and hoping that one day I could be one of them. That's all I mm-hmm. needed to do was to see them. That that was that was inspiring, and that's enough inspiration for me just to see them, maybe touch them. That that's all I needed. But all the other stuff I was supposed, I expected to get from home. My my pop wasn't there, but my mother was there, and I, I feel like I got it. And I think Cam has extended himself beyond what the expectation should be for him. And that and, is.
2: And, and let me just say this because I, I've got to get back on it on on my grind. But you know, this is Black History Month. And, amen. And I think I'd like to um, take this opportunity to give some props to two athletes who really laid it on the line and paid for their actions for a lifetime. And that's Tommy Smith and John Carlos. I mean, (laughs) do do you know who I'm talking about right Of
1: course I do. And and listen, I I think, uh, you know, we got the white brother that was on that stands with them as well, who, who didn't hold up his fist, but he had his patch on to let him know that he was all about you know, uh, diversity and, and, and civil rights for all too, you know. So, but I know exactly what you're saying, man. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough and young enough to still remember. And, and that's 68 Olympics, man. I have a good friend of mine from home, uh, Ronnie Harris, uh, Olympic gold medalist boxer, light heavyweight boxer, who, who got a gold medal in 1968. Uh, and, and like you said, some stood up and paid for it dearly. Uh, I think Ronnie just went into the ring and demonstrated he didn't, you know, it wasn't a visual. Uh, he wasn't as animated with his with his position as they were, but he certainly was there representing his people and the United States of America. But as an African-American, you know, boxer from Canton, Ohio, uh, he was there, too, to say, hey, you know, we can compete and, and win, and, and we're as good as any athletes in the world. But those now, two men well, right when there...
2: When you get a chance, Ray, just Go back and just look at some of you know what the price paid, the price that those two those two guys paid, John Collins and Tommy Smith. I mean, that was the defining moment for their life. I mean, they were hounded, harassed, ostracized for almost their entire lives for that one moment of of protest. And but what it meant. I remember as a child what it meant to see those guys doing it. It was like an unbelievable thing. Anyway, man, listen.
1: Well, listen, I know you got to go, but before you go, because we're going to take this commercial break, let me just ask you this, this is the last question. Do you think if Tommy and Carlos had a chance to do it again, would they do it again?
2: I don't know. Probably not. But the fact is they did it. And so I can only salute their bravery. Because if I had to do it again, do do that. If you ask ask me to do that, knowing what the future lies, I was say, no. I'm I'm going to
1: pass on that one. Yeah. You know, I mean, but. Whew. Well, I'll tell you what, Bert, I, I certainly appreciate you calling and, and, and especially appreciate the fact that you acknowledge this is Black History Month and that you had uh, some conversations to contribute to that, particularly those two young men right there. I'll never forget them my entire life. I remember those men and uh, and what they did for me and for you. Thanks to them, I get a chance to be on Voice yeah, America. Well, I'm going,
2: I'm going to uh, reach out to Stacy Dash for you and have her call in next week for you.
1: <laughs> and when she do, I'm going to have Gabrielle. On the other side, and I know she don't want to deal with Gabrielle. <laughs> so, hey, right. I appreciate you calling. Give me a call next week if you get a chance. We're gonna take this break. You listen, rail the sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: you you know the show, you're the Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, well, what's up next? And what's up next is, is March Madness. And there's no way in the world I could, uh, you know, embrace March Madness without at least acknowledging the injustice that's done to those young men uh, that are playing. And I, I know some people out there. Uh, some people out there say, Ray, what the hell are you talking about? They get the, you know, they get a free ride, you know, they get that education, they go to college, you know how much that costs and everything. And I would just like to say for those those people out there who take that opinion, uh, when you go to your job and you receive your paycheck, if you're not in the union, then you negotiate if you get a chance to negotiate, and maybe you don't, uh, that's up to you to determine you know, what you're going to get paid and what you're not based upon which job you take. I, you heard me mention earlier in the show that I, I wanted to go uh, to the place that was going to pay me what I thought I was worth. And, and one team was going to t- pay me $25,000 less than the other team. So I, because I was a free agent at that time, and, and, and thank God my brother Reggie White up there in heaven, uh, you know, fought for free agency. And so I was a free agent. Well, you're always a free agent once you get cut. Uh, but sometimes in, in the NFL, when you, uh, you know, when your contract expires, you're also a free agent. That was where the injustice was done to us at that time. When you're a player and you could, you know, most of the time. That's why Don Shuler told me somebody offered you a contract and you didn't take it. You know, really? Well, I was exercising my right to truly be a free agent. I felt as if I could go someplace else in this country. You know, these young men that are playing in sports in college. A contract has been negotiated for them date they, they don't ever get to renegotiate. It's like, it, it's like you're a member of a union, but you're not a union. But everybody's got to do everything the same way, be treated the same way, but you have no say in the matter. Uh, you know, if you think about a job that somebody does, we don't have to think about a job. Let's forget about thinking about a job. Let's think about being consumers. Okay, uh, anybody out there, 40 years old maybe, maybe a little older than that, uh, I would say, let's say 50. Because if you're 50 years old, you can remember the day that the top of the line brand of shoes were Chuck Taylors. They cost 9 dollars with tax. I think when Nikes first came on the market, they may have been a little bit more, you know, I got my first pair of Nikes my senior year of high school. I bought them for myself. Shout out to my brother from another mother. My white brother from another mother could shoot his, I can say this because I'm on the internet, shoot his ass off left-handed. Art Timberlake, he and I play seventh grade basketball together. We split up because I moved to another school in the eighth grade, and and it was our senior year. We get together on the same team. Everybody's wearing Chuck Taylors. Christmas comes, Art and I show up in the locker room, never talk to each other about it, brand new Nike's on. Another brother from another mother, my high school quarterback. Man, we uh, first game that I started, first game he was a, you know, he was the starter at the beginning of the season. My sophomore year, his junior year, the team has on these, these clodhoppers, what we call them back in the day, you know, uh, it, these big clunky black shoes. Not me and Rock. We show up and our brand new white spice, you know, Joe Willie Namath style on them. You know, it's it's because. We had the money to do what we wanted to do and buy what we wanted to wear and, and that was it. So in this thing about the choice about where you, you know, where you want to go to school at, where you want to play at, and why not be able to negotiate? I, I just don't understand, you, you, when you. when you decide to go, you're in demand and all these teams want you and it's just like th- when you see the blind side of that movie, that's very similar to what happens. Of course, it's been somewhat, you know, because it's television, it's been embellished somewhat. But it's pretty close to reality. And so the thing about it, if you're a kid, before this law got passed, and I told you, you know, I guess I'm a little ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about it now, this Ed O'Banney thing. The cost of attendance was not being te- Some people, I'm not sure you understand what cost of attendance is all about. But let's say that you live in Arizona and you go to high school and you're a great high school football player. And The Ohio State University takes a look at you and we want you to come to The Ohio State University. You're from Arizona. Well, in order for you to get to school from Arizona, you probably got to fly. So cost of attendance means you have to attend school, so you have to get a plane ticket. Now, before, the school was not allowed to get you a plane ticket. You you got a full ride, but you got to pay to get here. And for some people from Arizona to Ohio, that's a one-way ticket, but that could be, you know, $300. Maybe the person's family doesn't have that. Now, not only that, let's say it's a long holiday weekend. I know this True story. It's more details to it, but I I won't even go into it. It's Memorial Day weekend. School is still in at Ohio State. Let's say the family always has a a picnic, and you want to come home for the weekend. It's one of those holidays, Memorial Day is one of those holidays that in in colleges and universities, the cafeterias are probably not open on that Monday. And, you know, it's a long weekend. So a lot of kids, they go home. But you live in Arizona. You want to fly home and come back? Nope, can't do it. You don't have the money. Now, that's what cost of attendance is. Me, again, speaking from my own experience, had my little car. Okay, just to kind of give you an idea. uh, I had a Corvette when I was in college. Can you imagine seeing your Corvette being on a tow truck? They towed my car. Why? Because I couldn't afford to have a parking pass. Well, anyway. I'm also, I'm summing it all up to say this March madness is making me mad. I'm gonna continue to talk about it how in you know, the injustice that goes on, I'm gonna continue to talk about that. And I'm sure that my friend Bird will call back and he'll continue to talk about it with me. Uh, this is Black History Month. I want to thank all of those people out there who uh, sacrificed their lives for, for me to make life better for me and, and other African Americans in this world. And uh, we all will share this earth, and it'll be a better place uh, when we realize that we all the same. Tell you what, it's that time, so I'm going to have to go, but I've enjoyed this show, and I hope you have as well. You've been listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
0: Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit rayellisports.com. That's rayellisports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.